Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 49. Today we'll see a variety of stories in the book of Numbers. One is an amazing story about a plague that is stopped by Moses creating a bronze snake and lifting it up on a pole. And Jesus later on uh, uses that very same imagery to describe himself as being lifted up to save people who would look to him. And so let's look at these passages today, realizing that ultimately all of these keep pointing us back to Jesus and the wonder of his grace and his love. Numbers 19. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, This is the ordinance of the law that the Lord has commanded. Instruct the Israelites to bring you a red heifer without blemish, which has no defect and has never carried a yoke. You must give it to Eliezer the priest so that he can take it outside the camp, and it must be slaughtered before him. Eliezer the priest is to take some of its blood with with his finger and sprinkle some of the blood seven times in the direction of the front of the tent of meeting. Then the heifer must be burned in his sight. Its skin, its flesh, its blood, and its offal is to be burned." And the priest must take cedar wood, hyssop, and scarlet wool, and throw them into the midst of the fire where the heifer is burning. Then the priest must wash his clothes and bathe himself in water, and afterward he may come into the camp. But the priest will be ceremonially unclean until evening. The one who burns it must wash his clothes in water and bathe himself in water. He will be ceremonially unclean until evening. Then a man who is ceremonially clean must gather up the ashes of the red heifer and put them in a ceremonially clean place outside the camp. They must be kept for the community of the Israelites for use in the water of purification. It is a purification for sin. The one who gathers the ashes of the heifer must wash his clothes and be ceremonially unclean until evening. This will be a permanent ordinance both for the Israelites and for the resident foreigner who lives among them. Whoever touches the corpse of any person will be ceremonially unclean seven days. He must purify himself with water and on the third on the third day and on the seventh day, and so he will be clean. But if he does not purify himself on the third day and the seventh day, then he will not be clean. Anyone who touches the corpse of any dead person and does not purify himself defiles the tabernacle of the Lord, and that person must be cut off from Israel, because the water of purification was not sprinkled on him. He will be unclean, his uncleanness remains on him. This is the law. When a man dies in a tent, anyone who comes into the tent and all who are in the tent will be ceremonially unclean seven days. And every open container that has no covering fastened on it is unclean. And whoever touches the body of someone killed with a sword in the open fields, or the body of someone who died of natural causes, or a human bone or a grave will be unclean seven days. For a ceremonially unclean person must take some of the ashes of the heifer burnt for purification from sin and pour fresh running water over them in a vessel. Then a ceremonially clean person must take the hyssop, dip it in the water, and sprinkle it on the tent, on all its furnishings and on all the people who were there, or on the one who touched a bone, or the one who was uh, killed, or the one who died, or a grave. And the clean person must sprinkle the unclean on the third day and on the seventh day, and on the seventh day he must purify him. And then he must wash his clothes and bathe in water, and he will be clean in the evening. But the man who is unclean and does not purify himself, 
That person must be cut off from among this community because he has polluted the sanctuary of the Lord. The water of purification was not sprinkled on him, so he is unclean. So this will be a perpetual ordinance for them. The one who sprinkles the water of purification must wash his clothes, and the one who touches the water of purification will be unclean until evening. And whatever the unclean person touches will be unclean, and the person who touches it will be unclean until evening. Then the entire community of Israel entered the wilderness of Zin on the first month, and the people stayed at Kadesh. Miriam died and was buried there. And there was no water for the community, and so they gathered themselves together against Moses and Aaron. The people contended with Moses, saying, If only we had died when our brothers had died before the Lord. Why have you brought up the Lord's community into this wilderness, so that we and our cattle should die here? Why have you brought us up from Egypt only to bring us to this dreadful place? It is no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there any water to drink. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting. Then they threw themselves down with their faces to the ground, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the staff and assemble the community, you and Aaron, your brothers, and then speak to the rock before their eyes. It will pour forth its water, and you will bring water out of the rock for them. And so you will give the community and their beasts water to drink. So Moses took the staff from before the Lord, just as he had commanded him. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the community together in front of the rock, and he said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we bring water out of this rock for you? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with his staff, and water came out abundantly. So the community drank, and their beasts drank too. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Because you did not trust me enough to show me as holy before the Israelites, therefore you will not bring this community into the land I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah, because the Israelites contended with the Lord, and his holiness was maintained among them. And Moses sent messengers from Kadesh to the king of Edom, saying, Thus says your brother Israel, You know all the hardships we have experienced, how our ancestors went down into Egypt, and we lived in Egypt a long time, and the Egyptians treated us and our ancestors badly. So when we cried to the Lord, he heard our voice and sent a messenger, and he has brought us up out of Egypt. Now we are here in Kadesh, a town on the edge of your country. Please let us pass through your country. We will not pass through the fields or through the vineyards, nor will we drink any water from any well. We will go by the king's highway. We will not turn to the right or to the left until we have passed through your region. But Edom said to him, You will not pass through me, or I will come out against you with the sword. Then the Israelites said to him, We will go along the highway, and if we and our cattle drink any of your water, we will pay for it. We only pass through on our feet without doing anything else. But he said, You may not pass through. Then Edom came out against them with a large and powerful force. So Edom refused to give Israel passage through his border. Therefore Israel turned away from him. So the entire company of the Israelites traveled from Kadesh and came to Mount Hor. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron at Mount Hor by the border of the land of Edom. And he said, Aaron will be gathered to his ancestors, for he will not enter the land I have given to the Israelites, because both of you rebelled against my word at the waters of Meribah. Take Aaron and Eleazar his son, and bring them up on Mount Hor. Remove Aaron's priestly garments, and put them on Eleazar his son, and Aaron will be gathered to his ancestors, and will die there. So Moses did as the Lord commanded, and they went up Mount Hor in the sight of the whole community. And Moses removed Aaron's garments, and put them on Eleazar. So Aaron died there on top of the mountain, and Moses and Eliezer came down from the mountain. 
When all the community saw that Aaron was dead, the whole house of Israel mourned for Aaron 30 days. When the Canaanite king of Arad, who lived in the Negev, heard that Israel was approaching along the road to Athiram, he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoner. So Israel made a vow to the Lord and said, If you will indeed deliver this people into our hand, then we will utterly destroy their cities. The Lord listened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities. So the name of the place was called Hormah. Then they traveled from Mount Hor by the road to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people became impatient along the way. And the Lord and the people spoke against God and against Moses, saying, Why have you brought us up from Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread or water, and we detest this worthless food. So the Lord sent venomous snakes among the people, and they bit the people. Many people of Israel died. Then the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he would take away the snakes from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a poisonous snake and set it on a pole. When anyone who is bitten looks at it, he will live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole, so that if a snake had bitten someone, when he looked at the bronze snake, he lived. Now that's the story I mentioned at the beginning, that Jesus later on describes that as he is the one who is lifted up on the pole, that those who look to him may live. Back to Numbers chapter 21. The Israelites traveled on and camped at Oboth. Then they traveled on from Oboth and camped at Abiram in the wilderness that is before Moab on the eastern side. From there they moved on and camped in the valley of Zered. From there they moved on and camped on the other side of the Arnon in the wilderness that extends from the regions of the Amorites, for Arnon is the border of Moab between Moab and the Amorites. This is why it is said in the book of the wars of the Lord, Wahab and Sufa and the wadis, the Arnon and the slope of the valleys that extends to the dwelling of Ar and falls off at the border of Moab. And from there they traveled to Beer, that is the well where the Lord had spoken to Moses, saying, Gather the people and I will give them water. Then Israel sang this song, Spring up, O well, sing to it, the well which the princes dug, which the leaders of the people opened with their scepters and their staffs. And from the wilderness they traveled to Matanan, and from Matanan to Nalial, and from Nalial to Bamath, and from Bamath to the valley that is in the country of Moab, near the top of the Pisgah, which overlooks the wastelands. Then Israel sent messengers to King Zion of the Amorites, saying, Let us pass through your land. We will not turn aside into the fields or into the vineyards, nor we will drink water from any well, but we will go along the king's highway until we pass your borders. But Zion did not permit Israel to pass through its border. He gathered all his forces together and went out against Israel into the wilderness. When he came to Jahaz, he fought against Israel. But the Israelites defeated him in battle and took possession of his land from the Arnon to the Jabbok, as far as the Amorites, for the border of the Ammonites was strongly defended. So Israel took all these cities, and Israel settled in all these cities of the Amorites, in Heshbon and in all its villages. For Heshbon was the city of the king of Zion of the Amorites. Now he had fought against the former king of Moab, and had taken all his land from his control as far as the Arnon. That is why those who speak in Proverbs say, Come to Heshbon, let it be built, let the city of Zion be established. For fire went out from Heshbon, a flame from the city of Zion. It has consumed Ar of Moab and the lords of the high places of Arnon. Woe to you, Moab! You are ruined, O people of Chemosh. He has made his sons fugitives and his daughters the prisoners of King Zion of the Amorites. 
We have overpowered them. Heshbon has perished as far as Debon. We have shattered them as far as Nohath, which reaches to Mediba. So the Israelites lived in the land of the Amorites. Moses sent spies to Jazer, and they captured its villages and dispossessed the Amorites who were there. Then they turned and went up by the road to Bashan. And King Og of Bashan and all his forces marched out against them to do battle at Edrid. And the Lord said to Moses, Do not fear them, for I have delivered him and all his people and his land into your hand. You will do to him what you did to King Zion of the Amorites who lived in Heshbon. So they defeated Og, his sons, and all his people until there were no survivors, and they possessed his land. And so we see in these stories, uh, again, God directing the people, giving them victory when they trust him and obey him, and calling them to look to him for salvation. And we conclude today by Colossians chapter 4, further instructions from the Apostle Paul at the end of this letter, describing what it looks like to live the new life that has been given to them in Christ. And so Colossians chapter 4, beginning at verse 2. Be devoted to prayer, keeping alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray for us too, that God may open a door for the message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I might make it known as I should. Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunities. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer everyone. Tychicus, a dear brother, faithful minister, and fellow slave in the Lord, will tell you all the news about me. I sent him to you for this very purpose, so that you may know how we are doing, and that he may encourage your hearts. I sent him with Onesimus, the faithful and dear brother who is one of you. They will tell you about everything here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, sends you greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. In terms of Jewish converts, these are the only fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you and a slave of Christ, greets you. He is always struggling in prayer on your behalf, so that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I can testify that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke the physician and Demas greet you. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters who are in Laodicea and to Nympha and the church that meets in her house. And after you've read these, this letter, have it read to the church in Laodicea. In turn, read the letter from Laodicea as well. And tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting by my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. And that ends the letter of Colossians the Apostle Paul reminding them of the wonder of what it means to serve God and to live out of the mystery of Christ, which is the good news of Jesus' life and death given for those who trust in him. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996, 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music.